and welcome to another edition of the Catholic Spectrum. I'm your host, Jason Thayer, and each week we talk about topics related to Catholicism, autism advocacy, and pop culture. And this week I start a new series. Well, actually, it's an old series. I'm retitling a project I was going to do last year where I was going to go ahead and give you all my 500 albums of all time. But I decided instead of doing that and giving you a direct countdown, I'm just going to go ahead and do separate episodes devoted to the albums with no ranking rhyme or reason to it, just whenever I feel like doing it. So that I don't have to keep on doing episodes in order since I have other topics I like to do. And first up is my episode is... This is going to be a repeat and I'll explain later. Anyway, this is my review of Pearl Jam's debut album, 10. Part one of my favorite albums. I want to apologize for Monday's episode, folks. Um, If you're listening to this episode on Spotify, you only got a truncated two-minute version for some weird reason. If you listen to it on Anchor, however, and I don't know how it works on other podcast apps because I don't have other podcast apps. I just have Anch- I just have Anchor and Spotify. So I only know what happens there. So I use Spotify as sort of a uh, test run to see what happens. Sometimes I play back the Spotify app to see what's going on. And that was when I noticed that the Spotify app has only two minutes worth of this. So, and when I looked on the Anchor app, I saw that it was longer. It was about 20 minutes or so. So I don't know what happened. I don't know where to go to to find out some kind of sex support. I guess I need to look into that. But just to be safe, I decided to do this whole episode over. And besides, I didn't like how the episode came out the first time. So if you if you heard the Anchor version somehow on your other on the other podcast apps that Anchor goes to, uh, just ignore it. Because I didn't like the way this turned out, and I didn't like the way it looked on Spotify. So, uh, anyway, that's my disclaimer for this episode. Let's get started. So, I got into Pearl Jam when I moved to Seattle. Before I moved to Seattle, I was strictly a Top 40 music fan. Um, So, whatever came on the Top 40 radio stations, that's what I followed. So, a lot of the bands that were kind of under the radar I didn't really pay much attention to unless they had a breakout hit like or unless they wound up getting into getting a lot of MTV exposure that all changed in 1991 when Nirvana's Nevermind album came out because I didn't like the way the top 40 radio stations in Seattle were playing them because I knew something was up I knew that Nirvana's Nevermind was actually their second album and I knew that and that made me think, well, wouldn't the Top 40 station be all about promoting this band since they're hometown heroes? And I and I asked a classmate about that, and the classmate told me that I should be listening to a different radio station, 107.7 The End, KNDD, which I think is still around to this day. I'm not positive. I looked on Wikipedia and they were and all this stuff was in present tense, so that makes me think that I mean and there wasn't anything about a genre being changed from alternative music. So I think they're still playing alternative music to this day. Um it did imply that some of the 
DJs have moved on, unfortunately. But for the most part, it's still the same radio station, apparently. Anyway, that was the station that introduced me to so many great bands. And it was in 1991 that I got introduced to both Nirvana and the Royal Chili Peppers. And then in 1992, I got introduced to Pearl Jam when the debut album came out. And also Soundgarden, but that's a topic for another time. So I heard Alive and Even Flow, and I got hooked big time. The video for Even Flow was what got me really hooked to the band, because I saw how, how cool the show looked, and I was like, wow, if this kind of thing happens at a Pearl Jam show, I wouldn't mind being a part of it. Of course, I didn't know at the time that I wouldn't be able to handle that kind of crowd. I didn't learn that until many years later. Although, funny thing, I can handle a school assembly. Anyway, so I bought the album. I think it wound up being less problematic than the Nevermind album. <laughs> Those of you who have seen the Nevermind album, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and that got me into the band. I haven't listened to every Pearl Jam album. I've missed quite a few of them, uh, but I did listen to Gigaton last year and the one before that, Lightning Bolt, eight years before that. Um, I've listened to the self-titled album. I listened to the Unplugged concert. So, And I've listened to Verses and Vitology. So, But I listened to enough of them to call myself a fan. So let's talk about how Pearl Jam came to be. So Pearl Jam got their start. Well, actually, as a band, we need to turn back the clock to Mother Love Bone in the early 90s, about 1988, 1990, somewhere around that time. And Mother Love Bone's lead singer was Andrew Wood, and he was a roommate of Chris Cornell. And Andrew Wood was addicted to drugs and died of a drug overdose. And Chris Cornell also knew the members of Mother Love Bone. And he proposed that they do a tribute album with him and the drummer from Soundgarden, Matt Cameron. And the result was the album Temple of the Dog, named after a lyric from an Andrew Wood song. And they, and he also brought on board a then-unknown lead singer named Eddie Vedder. And the two of them did songs together with the, other, with the remaining members of Trimble the Dog and Matt Cameron from Soundgarden. It was their tribute to Andrew Wood. And it was also a way to show the remaining members, that they don't have to stop being musicians, that they can go ahead and move on and form a new band, which at first was going to be called Mookie Blaylock because Eddie Vedder is a basketball fan and Mookie Blaylock was playing for the Atlanta Hawks. This is actually an inside joke on the album 10 because the album 10 is named after the jersey number that Mookie Blaylock had. Eventually, the record company said, no, they don't want the band called Moogie Blaylock. They'd rather something else. And Eddie Vedder came up with the name Pearl Jam 
after his mom's jam that was laced with peyote. Always got to go with the drug references, huh? (laughs) Anyway, that was what we got. And that led to the album itself. Now let's talk about side one of the album. Because when I got the album, I wound up getting that, I mean, getting it on cassette. Because I hadn't quite converted to CDs yet. I think it was two more years before that happened. Because by that time, cassettes had become more and more scarce. Anyway, so we start with the song Once. And Once is actually part of a trilogy. It's actually the second part of the trilogy. If you want the first part of the trilogy, you go to the song, the next song, Alive. I mean, no, not the next song. The next song's even flow. My mistake. Once is a pretty good way to start the album, though, so I guess that's probably why the second part is first, because starting with the first part, I, I mean, Alive, I guess that could have worked, actually. I mean, a lot of albums do start with the opening, with the uh, first single, I mean, with the lead single, so that's not too far out of left field to do it that way, and I think, and I would actually have preferred it that way, so that, I mean, because this was back in the day when you, I mean, because when you put the album on CD, that would, then you could rearrange it, I guess. But when I was playing on cassette, that would make it harder. And it's a trilogy about some guy who finds out that his mom isn't his mom and goes on a killing spree. Um, once kind of sets things up a bit, I guess, better than Alive does because of the Once Upon a Time in the chorus. I guess is what they're going for. It's a pretty good way to start the album. There's some good guitar work on it. The bass, Stone Gossard is a very good guitarist and so is Mike McCready and Jeff Immintz got some good bass on this. We got Dave Cruzen on drums. He's all right, I guess. We got some, we would get better drumming later on when Matt Cameron would join, but for what we got, this is fine. I want to say this right now. There is not a bad song on this album. Okay, so next up is Even Flow. This is the song that really got me hooked on Pearl Jam. I liked the bass and the guitar melody, and I really loved the opening, the riffs from Stone and Mike, especially the big guitar solo in the middle of the song. That was always my favorite part, right after Eddie Vedder says, F it up. Um, Even Flow is a song about a homeless person who is going through sanity problems and trying to maintain his grip on his sanity. That's what the Even Flow reference is. I mean, that's what the chorus is supposed to mean. It's a pretty good song. Next up is, I mean, so I said, so I already told you guys what Alive is about. Um, if you want to find out the third part of the trilogy, you would have had to buy the single um, for Jeremy because that would be the B-side, Footsteps. Um, I'm pretty sure Spotify has all three parts, so you can listen to it that way, too. You only have to go and buy the single. 
it's kind of weird that the all three parts aren't on the live, I mean, aren't on tin, but I guess they didn't have enough room on things and they wanted to have something for you to buy the uh, single fork so that so making it the b-side works in that way then you have why go which was the which was one of the few songs that the wikipedia link that i looked at for this didn't have any information about um, I do have a fan theory about Wygo that it's actually the same. It's actually a grown-up version of the same girl from Daughter on the Versus album. Um, this is a song about me, and Wygo is about a woman who is in an asylum. And from what I've heard, Wygo. I mean, I heard, I saw a video about this this album, so this kind of helped. Wygo is about us. Um, she is not diag- I mean she is not what she is diagnosed with. She's not supposed to be crazy, but her parents believe she is, and that's why she's in the asylum. And this is one of the things that really term thing that's term that made me a Pearl Jam fan. I don't know why I liked all these dark songs, but this was sort of the thing that happened in grunge music a lot. Grunge music is not happy music. It's not funny, it's not fun stuff that's that the glam metal scene that I was more familiar with was going on about. This is some pretty dark stuff on this album. And it started getting darker from this point. Black is next and I really love and I really like the piano on this song. It, It's a really pretty song, and this one really shows... I think this is one of the songs that really shows off Eddie's vocals. I mean, all of them do, but this one is a more softer song, a more somber song, and his vocals are really suited for that pretty well. And closing outside one is Jeremy. The song about a school shooting, and the video got edited big time um, because in the original version of the video... The kid shoots himself in front of the whole class, and they couldn't have that on TV. Um, I don't know if there's a YouTube version where you can see the original version of the video. This one was one of my favorite videos, too. I really liked all the imagery of um, the repeated text here and there. The boy draping himself in the American flag. Um, the arguing parents. I think Eddie Vedder was supposed to be representing the devil at different times in the video, too. I guess that would probably explain why the why we see the, the unclean spirit entered and then we see Eddie Vedder all strobe-lighty. So I'm guessing he's supposed to be that. Um, this is actually a pretty good song. I really like... I mean, I don't know why I like this, a song about suicide, but this is... This kind of opened my eyes to the subject of school shooting long before the Columbine massacre happened. And now let's talk about side two, where there are no hit songs, but that doesn't make the side any less interesting. 
As I said before, I'm talking about the cassette version of this. That's why I divided it between Jeremy and Oceans, even though Wikipedia doesn't do it that way. Wikipedia bases it on the CD format. So that's how I wind up getting this. And and the second half starts with Oceans. And Oceans is a pretty experimental type song, I guess you'd call it. I didn't like it at first, but it grew on me a bit more here and there after repeated listenings, and now I like it a little bit more. And then we move on to Porch. This is one of the one of the faster songs on the album, just like Even Flow was. Porch I kinda like a lot once I got over the cursing in it. I'd never I I've uh, never really liked cursing all that much, but I've but I guess listen, listening to more of gangster rap these days, thanks to my 1001 Albums Project, kind of um, softened me up a bit on it. I, I mean, although I personally don't curse as much. I, in fact, I've been trying to curb that. And then we get to Garden, and I think the Garden is supposed to represent the Garden of Eden, but I wouldn't swear to it because I don't know if Eddie Vedder is Christian or not. Not that you have to be Christian to talk about that sort of thing. Um, I think the song is kind of about wanting to return to innocence or maybe the garden itself being destroyed. It's a pretty good song, too. Um, Deep is my favorite song on side, too, because I really like the guitar work on that. The, the screaming guitar really makes it sound cool. I mean, this is the kind of song that sounds to me like it would be a good mosh pit type song, I guess. Release is a pretty good ender because it's got a nice soft tone to it. And then we get into the hidden track, Master Release. That one always kind of got me a little weird when I finally got around to listening to it at the end of the album. I think the master release, Master Slave wound up on the cassette version. I'm not positive. Yeah, I did, because I remember thinking, what the heck is this, and not knowing about hidden tracks at the time. Because this was the first album I ever got that had a hidden track. So, overall, this was a very, I mean, this was a great introduction to Pearl Jam. Um, It was the only Pearl Jam album I owned. I was able to backtrack on Pearl Jam's discography once Spotify came out, because I had a really hard time budgeting my money back in those days, because I wound up wanting to get other things besides just albums. I mean, I was into comic books and stuff like that, too. So... Music wasn't the only thing I was buying. So, this was a pretty good album. So that ends my discussion of Pearl Jam's 10. If you haven't listened to it yet, you must be living under quite a good rock because you might because you obviously are able to get Wi-Fi reception. So let me give you a preview of next week's topic and then we'll close out.
And that ends another episode of the Catholic Spectrum. I am your host, Jason Thayer. Next week, we will be doing another music topic. I finished up the Beatles listening to all their albums, some of them for the first time, some of them I've listened to more than once as a result of the 1001 Albums Project. Um, so I decided I'd do a ranking of them from worst to best. Although in this case, it'll be more like least favorite to most favorite, because I really don't think that, I mean, because the Beatles never really had a bad album. There were just some albums that were more meh than anything else. Just a bit of a spoiler there to where you, so to show you how I think about that. And I'll be talking more about that later next week. So I hope this al- this episode worked out better. I guess I'll find out when I go on Spotify later today. I'm not going to be using the Spotify link when I do this on Facebook. I'm going to be using my Anchor link instead because I want someone out there to do a guinea pig to see if Anchor works for them on a mobile device or whatever computerized thing they're using. So that's it for the Catholic Spectrum. I have been your host, Jason Thayer. You can follow me on Facebook and under my real name. You can my email address is radicaledward at jwt. I mean, sorry, radicaledwardjwt at gmail.com. Um my I am on Amino as Radical Edward. You can follow me on your you can find past episodes of this on your favorite podcast app i guess it still works on spotify i don't know what's going on there but maybe the other feeds work i'm not sure someone who has another podcast app please let me know if this is working out for you because i am not going to be sharing the spotify version anymore i don't trust how spotify did this i don't know if this glitched out on me So until next time, remember everyone, normal is just a setting on the washing machine. We don't get to be normal. Bye. See you later.